ahead and go to Romans chapter seven this morning. Romans chapter seven. I'm not. I'm going to start out. Um, I'm going to. We're going to kind of read this chapter as we go through this message. I've been. I've been wanting to preach from this chapter for a while. There was really one verse I was kind of. I wanted to focus on, and as I was trying to, you know, wrap my mind around this whole chapter, I was really. I was kind of felt like I was hitting a brick wall. I'm like, man, I'm missing something here, and. This week, I said there were several different times I was trying to get this nailed down and just couldn't really get it down. And I was actually praying about something. And when I was praying, it was one of these things where I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord for something, but I'm like, man, the Lord's not going to answer this prayer because if He answered this prayer, well, then I'm going to, I might get lifted up with pride. You know, I'm, I would I would end up sinning, and I'm starting to. It's like I'm thinking in my mind. I almost need to like make a checklist. Okay, I got to avoid this sin, this sin, this sin, and this sin, and then maybe the Lord can give me what I'm asking for. And then it was like right then, the Lord showed me what I was missing from this passage. Okay, and so I'm going to preach through uh, Romans chapter seven this morning, and I, I'm just going to warn everybody. This is going to be a two-part message. I, I, I can't preach all of this in one message. I might say some things in this message that might make me sound a little bit like a trendy or a new evangelical. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not. I'm not. That's not happening. I'm never going to go that way. All right, But I'm going to say some things that might sound that way. Because you know what? I mean, Even a stop clock is right twice a day, they always say. And there are some things they say that are accurate, but they leave things out. And it, it makes you miss the bigger picture. And next week is probably when I'm going to show more of the bigger picture. And so, uh, you know, don't anybody make any swift judgments until you have heard next week's message too. You really can't listen to just this week. You have to hear next week's message too. But everything I'm going to say today, I believe everything I'm going to say today is true. And so, um, you know, don't get too scared if some of the stuff I sound sounds a little too new evangelical, all right? I am definitely not going that way, but we're going to preach what the Bible says. And so, you know, whenever people, too, they always try to associate you with somebody, with a doctrine that you preach, and it's like, you know, okay, maybe they do teach that, but you know what? The Catholics believe in the virgin birth, but I still believe in the virgin birth. I'm not going to change my position on that just because they happen to agree. And so, let's look at what the this uh, chapter says, and there are some great, great things that we can learn from this message. And the title of my message is Free from the Law. Okay? Free from the Law. We sang the song once for all, the first line of it, Free from the Law, O Happy Condition. Now, how, now, what does that mean? Okay? Well, you know, the trendies, they get all excited when you hear free from the law. I don't have to obey the laws anymore. I don't have to worry about keeping, you know, any of the Old Testament laws. And I don't have to worry about the commands. And some of them have even gone as far as saying we don't even have to worry about the laws and things that Jesus gave, like even on his Sermon on the Mount. You know, pretty much. It's all taken care of. It's all good. We don't have any laws to worry about, you know. But then, a lot of us we start thinking about, well, you know, man, these these commands in the Bible they're good. You know, these laws are good. You know, what's you know why would you know God takes away from those things? You know, how do we, you know, how do we have a, strike a balance here? How do we get this right? And I hope you'll be able to figure this out after this message. But in uh, Romans seven verse one, it says, "Know ye not, brethren? For I speak to them that know the law." Okay, he's talking about Jewish people here who have been saved. People who knew the law, who were familiar with the Old Testament ways, 
and have been saved. He says, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So that if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Right here, Paul's explaining to these Jews who were saved, who used to be married to the law, that Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of of the law, making them free to marry another. What do you mean by that? Well, Jesus Christ, He was the law. He fulfilled every bit of the law. Jesus Christ kept every bit of the Old Testament law. He fulfilled every one of those commandments. He didn't break a single one of them. And then, Jesus Christ in the flesh was killed on that cross. Jesus Christ in the flesh, He died on the cross In other words, the Old Testament, you could say, it was finished, it was dead. That Old Testament law was dead. Israel now is no longer married to that Old Testament law. Why? It died. It died with Jesus Christ. And just like a woman, when she is married to a man, she's not free to just go and marry somebody else. But the law binds her to that man. The Bible says, "What well, God had joined together, let not man put asunder. And don't start bringing all the modern laws out to me, you know, that shows that otherwise, alright? We don't worry about that. We worry about the law of God. Your spouse is alive. You should stay married to him. But, when they die, you're free to remarry. You're free to go and marry someone else and the law has nothing it can say about that. And, we see here that Paul is teaching them that they were free to marry another, and the one that they were to marry was the one who rose from the dead, Jesus Christ. Oh, it's the same person. Well, there is there's clearly a difference here, and we'll see what that is in a little bit. But we see that their inability to keep the law, the Jews in other words, not only brought about the death of Christ, Okay, and we can apply this to ourselves too, our inability to keep the law is what brought about the death of Christ, but it also it brought about their own spiritual death. Okay, so the marriage, it the marriage ended because Jesus Christ died. It freed them up to marry again. See, the death of Christ it freed them, or it freed us. We could even say from a marriage that wasn't working. Okay, look at what it says in verse five. For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of the letter. Okay, this marriage was not working. Why did that marriage of the law and the Jews not work? Well, it didn't work not because the law was bad. Okay, there was nothing wrong with the law. The law was holy, it was the Jews that were bad. The Jews couldn't be good enough, okay? Maybe there's been a spouse here before, you know, you just you know feel like I I just can't be good enough, I can't live up to my husband's standards. Well, you know what? Imagine being married to somebody who's actually perfect. Okay? Somebody who actually, you know, gave a law 
that literally required perfection for holiness. Okay, now why would God give them a law like that? Well, because He was holy. Okay, and we're gonna, you know, and we're gonna see they could not do that. They could not be good enough. The marriage did not work because the Jews always sinned. They always failed. And you know what? Us trying to be married to a law, trying to get to heaven by our own works. That's not going to work either because we can't be good enough. We are sinful. We are not holy. And God is holy. And so, thankfully for us, we see that Jesus Christ died in the flesh and now we are free to marry another. We've got, we've got another option. Okay? I personally believe if you really are married to somebody that's just horrible and the marriage isn't working, if they really are the bad person... I don't believe in divorce, but you know what? I'm okay with you praying that, you know, hey, Lord, can you maybe cut this marriage short? Maybe he'll die in a car wreck or something. <laughs> no, that's, not, that's terrible. Well, I don't, I don't know. God can do that kind of thing if he's really that bad. All right? You know, but anyway, that's another sermon for another day. But anyway, they were, they, you know, God didn't kill, he didn't kill all of us. He didn't kill all the Jews. Jesus Christ came and He died Himself. Jesus who was God. He died in the flesh and now they are free to marry another one. See, they, And so, you know, God wasn't the problem. We were. Verse 7 says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law, for I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. So, you know, so we look at this marriage that wasn't working between you know, God and between man or between the Jews and say, you know, well, we're going to see here that the law literally caused, it caused some problems. And questions are going to come up. Okay, Some of the things I'm going to say might cause questions to come up. And Paul, he noticed that, you know, what he was saying was going to cause some question. And say, so wait, is there something wrong with the law? Is the law bad? Okay, Because that marriage, too, said, you know, it physically wasn't with God and the Jews, but the Jews, they had a law. It was God's law that God gave them. They were trying to keep all those laws, and it didn't work. That law that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai for the Jews to keep so they could obtain righteousness, it didn't work. And so Paul, he know, he's like, I know what you're thinking. Is the law sin? Is there something wrong with the law? God forbid. There's nothing wrong with the law. There's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with the Old Testament. The problem lies with us, but we see that the law was given so we could see that there was a problem. He said, I would not know sin except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. Now look at verse 8, what it says. It says some things here that too, it seems strange what he's saying here. Verse 8, but sin taking occasion by the commandment wrought in me all manner of concupiscence, for without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died, and the commandment which was ordained alive, I found to be unto death. For sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. What all is he saying here? Well, notice what he said in verse 8. He said that the commandment, it wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. Now, we don't use that word uh, very much these days. But that word concupiscence, basically what the definition of that is, is concupiscence, it literally, uh, it's like when you give a command. For example, if 
I put up a sign on that door that said, don't go in there, what do we all want to do? We all want to go in there. You know, if there is a box and it says, you know, don't look in here, what do we all want to do? We want to look in there. Okay, it's just, it's kind of part of our sinful nature. You know, don't look over there. Oh, you know, everybody looks over there. That's kind of what, that's what we do, isn't it? And the commandments, the laws of God that He gave, He was saying, it actually caused me to sin. Okay? You can, and you, if you wanted, you can maybe apply this to, you know, there was all these trees in the Garden of Eden. But God put one tree in the garden and said, don't eat of that one. Which one did they eat of? The one that they weren't supposed to. I mean, it's you, you can do that with your kids. You can give them all these toys and there's one thing in the house they shouldn't play with. That's what they want to play with. Hey, you guys can play in all the rooms in the house, but don't play in this one room. They all want to play in that room. Okay? That, and the law, it does that to us. If I just decided all of a sudden, you know what? I'm going to start preaching against wearing baseball caps. Okay? I'm like, you know what? Baseball caps, they're worldly. Uh, baseball caps, you know, they're, up, they're of the devil. Uh, they, you know, it's for baseball. It's a sport where people gamble in that sport. And that's where it came from. And there's a lot of drinking that goes on at baseball games. And so you wearing a baseball cap, it associates you with a sinful sport. Therefore, you know what? No, no Christian should wear baseball caps. Well, you know what? If I preach something, if I just all of a sudden started preaching something like that, you know what a lie you're going to want to do? You're going to want to go get a baseball cap and put it on. You're going to want to wear it. Some of you might even show up at church the next week wearing a baseball cap. Why? Because, you know what? Sometimes laws just make us want to do things. If I see a sign that says, don't spit on the sidewalk, I want to spit on the sidewalk. If they didn't have a sign there, I wouldn't even think about it. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even want to do that. But that laws sometimes provoke us to sin, don't they? And we're seeing here that he's, he's basically saying that's what it did. The law actually made me want to sin. The law, it causes us to sin in areas where we probably wouldn't have sinned. In fact, sometimes, it's, it, it's, it is the case sometimes, even in our own country, if you break a law, but you didn't know you were breaking the law, sometimes you can get away with it. Okay? For example, that kind of helped Hillary out you know, with her emails when she was using a private server because she said she didn't know she was doing anything bad. Oh, well, we can't prove you know, she was trying to do something bad. Therefore, we're not going to investigate her. Okay? And we see that some, but, you know, now if the next Secretary of State uses a private server for their email, you know they're going to throw the book at that person. Okay? Because now... You know, now that we know that person knows, okay, it's very, it's very clear. And so sometimes it's like, well, wait a minute, would I have been better off then not knowing the law? Because if I didn't know something was wrong, you know, I wasn't really, would I, was I not really sinning before? I mean, it's, and people, I think people feel this way sometimes. Have you ever been in church? And maybe all of a sudden the preacher starts bringing up something from the Scripture that you're not supposed to do and it happens to be something that you do and that you enjoy doing and you didn't know it was a sin. You know, so it's like, now I can't do this and enjoy it anymore. Now if I do this, I'm sinning. You know, I was, you know, was I better off when I didn't know that it was a sin? Was I better off when I didn't have any knowledge of the law? Because he says in verse 9, for I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment, it ended up, it slew me. It killed me. 
You know, it, it got me in trouble for sin taking occasion by the commandment, deceive me, and by it, slew me. Why? Why would God do that? Why couldn't He have just not given us a law? And it says, wherefore? You know, you know why? Wherefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. We see here that while the law slew us, it was necessary because God is holy. Okay, God cannot be something that He is not. Okay, God, He can't do that. God can only be Himself. God can only be holy. God can only tell the truth. Okay, and if we were going to have a relationship with God, if we were going to be able to go to heaven, okay, God could only give us a way of truth. And so, what did He do? All right, this is just going to make people sin more. But here we go. I'm going to give them the law. I'm going to show them how bad sin is. And as a result of that, hopefully, they will realize they're sinners and they'll ask for forgiveness. And look what it says in verse 13. Was then that which is good made death unto me? Okay, so can we blame the law? Because here's the thing. If God had never given the law, then would we not have gone to hell for our sin? No, we still would have gone to hell. We still would have sinned even if there wasn't a law, even if God hadn't given us the law. Yes, Him giving us the law might have caused sin in more areas, but the truth is, a sinner is a sinner, and a sinner is going to go to, going to go to hell unless they get saved. And so He, you know, was the law that which is good made death unto me. God forbid, but sin that it might appear sin working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Okay? We were already in trouble anyway. So God gave the law and you could say it kind of made things worse, but He did that. He gave that law so sin would appear exceeding sinful. God wanted sin to seem bad to us. What does that mean, you know, that how sin might appear exceeding sinful? Well, you know, laws, they're used to show how serious something is. You know, for example, there's different levels of laws. You know, we've got local ordinances, you know, there's state laws, and then there's federal laws. You know, and you don't want to get busted for any of them, but it's really scary if you get busted for a federal offense. Because, wow, you know, this is a real big deal. You know, this is, this is federal. You know, this is going all the way up to the top. And we know that's really bad, too, because it gets more corrupt as it gets higher up, too, doesn't it? And so, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to do one of those big laws, but sometimes they'll make things you know, a federal offense, so it will be a bigger deal. So they can have harsher consequences because they want people to realize this is a bad thing. You might not think it's a bad thing. You know, how many's ever heard that before too? You know, it's like, you know, how bad is it if you just went and you know, took some mail out of somebody else's mailbox? What if it's just junk mail? Well, we can't have that kind of thing happening. That can cause all kinds of problems. So that's a federal offense. You know, you can't do something like that. We might not think it's a big deal, but they have. They've made it a big deal. And you know what? I would never do that. I'm scared to take anything out of somebody's mailbox. You know why? Because a law has made it exceeding sinful. It's, it is a big deal. And so, you know, I'm not going to mess with it. I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's definitely not worth it. And laws are used to show how serious something is. Commandments are given. So we would understand the seriousness of sin. Punishments are given. For sin, many times to protect people from going into deeper sin. Okay, a lot of the punishments that are out there, 
you know, they're not necessarily meant to, you know, help people in the sense of, but it's, it's, to, it's to scare people because, you know what, we don't want people doing something worse. We don't want worse things happening. And, you know, in different homes, there are some things that are huge deals, you know, that are huge offenses in some homes, where in other homes, it's not a big deal at all. You know, there are some words that you do not say in certain homes. Where in other homes, it gets said all the time. And nobody thinks anything of it. What What's the difference? What changes things? And it's the commandments of that home. You know, for example, have you ever been around a really strict family? You know, you thought your family was pretty good. You thought your kids were really well behaved. And then you get around this one family that's really strict. And their kids are like these little angels. And all of a sudden you're like, huh, uh, maybe we're not as strict of a family as I thought. You know, or been to a church like that too. You know, one of these just really conservative, highbrow churches where, I mean, you know, you just you don't even smile and or without, you know, feeling like you're getting out of line and you're just like, wow, you know, I didn't I didn't realize that was a problem. I, I've been in some churches before where it's a sin to clap. All right? I mean, you'll be there and somebody will do a special, something you're like, ah, and people just look at you and you're like, oh man, I just did something terrible, you know, and. You know, is it terrible? Well, there it is, I guess. Why? Because of the commandments, because of the laws. That kind of thing is a big deal. Where maybe a place like here, we we don't think anything of it. You know, we just I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't really seem like a big deal, but it does there. The law made it seem like a big deal, and the law that God gave it was to teach us. That sin is a big deal. It is a, it's a huge problem. People like to act like it's no big deal and sin doesn't really matter. But listen, it does matter. We need to preach the whole counsel of God. We need to preach the New Testament and the Old Testament to teach people how bad sin is. We believe that if you do not accept Christ as your Savior, you're going to go to hell. Well, that doesn't make sense. Why would God send us to hell? We don't deserve it. Well, you think that because you don't understand how bad sin is. You come from an area or a church where maybe there's no commandments taught. You came from a home where there were no commandments. There were no rules. And so sin doesn't seem like a big deal to you, but it is a big deal. And God gave the law showing that sin is a big deal. But you know what? Now, the Bible says that we're free from the law. We're free to marry another, he says. And so God, He gave us a law not so... Not so we would break it and He could send us to hell, but so we would recognize that we were sinners and accept the free gift of salvation. You've got people out there that think you have to earn salvation. Why do they think you have to earn salvation? They think that because they don't understand how big of a deal sin is. See, if people would preach sin like they're supposed to, people would understand this is bad and I can't be good enough to get to heaven on my own. They would understand that my only hope of getting into heaven is on the mercies of God and by accepting that free gift of salvation that is not of works, what the Bible says. And so, we see there that we cannot keep the law. And then look what it says in verse 14, so we can't keep the law. We're supposed to be dead to the law. I mentioned how I'm praying for something and I'm thinking, no, the Lord can't answer that prayer until I... Keep all these laws. But wait a minute. I, I, I'm not married 
to the old husband. He died. I'm now married to we're married to Christ. Or espoused to Christ. We're free to marry another, so I don't need to worry about keeping this letter. I don't before I pray, before I ask for God's blessing, I don't have to go through and you know memorize the whole Old Testament and make sure I'm obeying every command that's there. So what are you saying, Pastor Tommy? Are you saying that we can just go ahead and sin and not even worry about it? Well, here's what here's what I'm saying is that no matter what we do, when it comes to that law, remember the marriage before wasn't working. No matter even on your best, you're still sinning. Even at your best, you still are failing according to that Old Testament law. Look what he says in verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. He's like, I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm not doing it. What I don't want to do is what I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Okay? You know, Paul agrees that that Old Testament law is good, but you know, I, I can't do it. Alright? I'm not, if, in verse 16, if then I do that which I would not, or verse 17, now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for a will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Okay? So in other words, if you're just if you're trying to get a prayer answered, and you're thinking, man, I've got to be good to get this prayer answered, well, good luck figuring out how to do that. Because no matter what you do, sin's always going to be present with you. No matter what you do, no matter how good you try to be, no matter how many laws you try to keep, you're going to be sinning at the same time. Well, I want the Lord to bless me, so I need to make sure I come to church every week. Well, great. You'll thrill me. But listen, even if you come to church every week, well, what if you're coming here for the wrong reason? It's still a sin. What if you're coming here just to keep the preacher off your back, just to impress the preacher? We're supposed to be here for Christ. You came to church and you still sinned. So what am I supposed to do? You know, did I just quit coming to church? I can't even go to church without sinning. I can't even read my Bible without sinning. We're supposed to read our Bible. You're keeping a command of God if you read your Bible. Do you understand? If you read your Bible and you're getting bored with that, well, you're sinning. How carnal do you got to be to get bored reading the Bible? Well, it's happened before. If you're getting distracted, if you're losing your focus, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, maybe you read some things and maybe you have some doubts. I mean, listen, folks, we can't win in this flesh. We can't do it. Verse 20, Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I to do it, but sin that dwelt in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. I can't even do good without evil being right there. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So basically what Paul here, he's, you know, he's, 
He's struggling. He's like, I've got this problem here. Okay? Paul loves the law of God. Paul was a, a very devout Jew. He was a Pharisee before he got saved. And he still, even after he got saved, he loves the commands of God. He loves the law of God. But he's understands now that, you know what? Back in the past, I used to think I was a pretty good Jew. Back in the past, I thought I was doing pretty good at keeping the law. But you know what? Now I realize I'm not so good. Now I realize I'm a sinner. Later, he calls himself in the Bible, he calls himself the chief of sinners. Christ came to save sinners of who I am chief. And we see here that no matter how many of the laws we try to keep, we still fail. We're still sinful. It's like that verse in the, in the Old Testament in Isaiah where it says all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Okay? Why is that? Even on, our, even on our best day, we are still sinful. And if you think that, you know what, I'm going to get the blessings of God, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that, because I, I'm keeping off, the, I'm, I'm able to do this checklist of things. You know, you're no different than that rich young ruler that came to Jesus. What good thing shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, you know, he knows his heart. What are the commandments? You know, keep the commandments. And he names off all these commandments. He's like, all these have I kept from my youth up. Check, 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 check. Got that check mark. You know, I've kept all these laws, but you know what? Jesus, there's one thing you're lacking. You know, the truth is, the man didn't love the Lord God with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus had left those commandments out because that man loved his possessions more than he loved God. He still found something wrong. We see in the Bible where Jesus mentioned that, you know, it said in the Bible, thou shalt not kill. But whosoever hateth his brother, you know, he's a murderer in his heart. You know, you're not supposed to commit adultery. You know, maybe we can keep, we can check that one off. Man, I've never committed adultery. I've never killed anybody. But you know what? If you've looked at a woman to lust after, you've done it in your heart. You've still fallen short. You're still, you're still a sinner. And it's, a, it's sad how many people who maybe God's blessing them in their life and they start thinking, you know, I'm being, I'm being blessed because I'm keeping this law, keeping that law. I haven't broken this one. I haven't broken that one. The letter of the law. They're checking off all these things that we are supposed to be dead to. So, you know, what does that mean? So, what do we do? Well, we can't keep the law. And the truth is, we need to become dead to the law. Look at Galatians 2, 19, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 19 real quick. It says, For I through the law am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. So, wait a minute. If I am dead to the law, I'm able to live unto God. Well, how do you live unto God when you're not keeping the law? When you're not obeying the commandments? What about all those verses says, if you love me, keep my commandments and things like that? What's he talking about here? Verse 20 says, For I, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. If you think you're righteous, if you think you're good because you're keeping the law, then why did Jesus even die? I mean, if you really think you're so good here today, why in the world did Jesus even need to die on the cross? I mean, couldn't you have just lived the life that you've lived that's been so good and Him just let you into heaven? No. Obviously not. You weren't that good. You're, and we and Paul said, I'm, 
on dead to the law. So you know, when you pray and ask for God's blessings, don't make you don't need to make a checklist of sins you need to avoid to get and what you know in order to get what you ask for. Many you know when you're doing that, you're, it's like you're trying to live by the law of your first husband. Okay, you know, imagine you know one of you ladies if you if you've remarried uh, a husband, maybe your first husband died, and you know don't try. Going off the law of the first husband, okay? You are married to a new husband now. You know that's going to cause problems in the marriage if you're constantly, ah, oh, you know, the old husband told me I could do this or told me not to do this. Hey, you're married to a new husband now. He doesn't matter anymore. You know, my old husband, he liked when I cooked the biscuits this way. You're not married to him anymore. Stop trying to please him. You're supposed to please me now. All right? That that's the attitude. And whenever we're doing that, whenever we're going back and we're trying to in our flesh, keep all of these things. Okay, Check off all these things. What we're doing, it's like we're trying to please the old husband. They can't be pleased. Because no matter how many of those things you're checking off, understand that you are still sinning. You are still sinful. And you cannot please the law. The law is holy. We are not holy. You can please me. You can make me think you're a good Christian. You can make everybody else here think you're a good Christian. But you're not going to make the law think you are a good Christian based on the things that you do. And so on the very best day you've ever had, you're still sinful in the eyes of God. So what are we supposed to do? Do the laws contained in the Scripture really matter? Whether we keep them or we don't keep them. You know, What am I even doing in church today? Can I get a refund on the money I put in the offering today? I mean, if I, I mean, if this doesn't matter, you know, the truth is, there is something that you're supposed to do, and I can only give you a quick answer on this one. You got to come back next week, all right? You got, you got to, you got to hear next week's message. But I'm gonna, I don't want to leave you totally hanging and thinking, you know what? You know, we don't have to worry about sin or anything like that. But here's a, here's basically a quick answer. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to walk in the Spirit. Okay? Walk in the Spirit. Now, we're all familiar with that term. But what does that mean to walk in the Spirit? Well, that's what we're going to talk about next week. But I want to show you one passage of Scripture, Galatians 5.22. Because I know what what y'all are thinking. Y'all are thinking, now wait a minute. I've got to focus on these laws. I've got to be going back and making sure I'm obeying all these laws. Surely, Pastor, you're not, you know, for us breaking the Ten Commandments. You know, we've got we we're supposed to keep the Ten Commandments. We're supposed to keep those big laws. You know, we're supposed to keep. You know, we we've got it. We've got to do these things. All right, we're we're supposed to do these things. But listen, whenever we get focused on the commandment and us, we are focusing on the flesh. We're walking in the flesh, and we're always going. To fail, we're always going to break a law in that area. So, when, but when we walk in the Spirit, well, what does that mean? Well, Galatians five twenty two is where we got the fruit of the Spirit, and look what it says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Okay? Now, this is just one passage. I've got many more that I want to show you next week. But when you're walking in the Spirit, you're not going to be violating the law of God. 
You're not going to be breaking the laws of God. When you walk in the Spirit, the Bible says you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And see, what happens is we get so focused on our flesh and the law that we end up in a situation where we're just constantly failing. But we can actually have victory over sin, but we get there by walking in the Spirit. When we walk in the Spirit, when we, when we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, it will always lead you into righteousness. It will always lead you into truth. You will not be breaking the laws. Okay, so, alright, so my way to keep from breaking the law is by walking in the Spirit. Stop worrying about the law. Stop worrying about the old husband. Walk in the Spirit. And when you do that, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. They, the Holy Spirit, it will help you keep the commandments of God, but it's different. Alright? It's different. And there's so much that I want to share with you on this subject of walking in the Spirit that if I'm leaving you scratching your head with anything in this message, I hope it will clear it up, but i got to save it for next week, unless you're all ready for another 45 minutes. But uh, I, I, I was planning on saving that for next week. So with that, let's all stand. I and I